The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 235th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always... I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is the NBA and NHL playoffs, which once again are making May and April. The highlight of the sports year by delivering multiple playoff games each night that make for must-see TV. And sometimes seeing things we've never seen before, which has been the case the last few days. Witness the last 13 seconds of the San Antonio Spurs, Oklahoma City Thunder the other night, where the NBA admitted to five, five violations that were not called. And of course, the most memorable be, being Dion Waiter's elbow to the chest of Manu Ginobili, during a inbounding play, which everyone says was the first time they've ever seen it, which also makes this rank as my bizarre story of the week. Of course, none of this would have ever happened if the first violation that was not called, Manu Ginobili stepping out of bounds, would have rendered everything else after there meaningless. But it wasn't called, and that led to Again, the uh, Thunders, Dion Waiters, basically just elbowing him in the chest, knocking him back, which, of course, has to make you think uh, whatever happened to the three-foot rule where the defender needs to give the inbounder three feet uh, between the two. So, obviously, that wasn't happening, or Waiters would have never connected with his elbow. Uh There was then 13 seconds of absolute chaos ensued, everything ranging from uh, the Spurs actually getting the ball when Kevin Durant couldn't handle the inbounds pass from Waiters. And lo and behold, 
suddenly the uh, the Spurs were in a three-on-one situation, which for them, you're just totally expecting the uh, the winning shot to come. And then in another bizarre circumstance, Manu Ginobili, of all people, gets the ball in the corner, dribbles in towards the lane, which is his sweet spot, to put it mildly. And uh, he being the king of acrobatic shots from the key. And what's he do? He passes it back over his head, over his shoulder, so to speak, back out to three-point land where, uh, where the Spurs took their shot did not make it. Another crazy scene ensued, fighting for the rebound. Uh, even led to uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder player, Stephen Adams, trying to block three-point shot from the corner and ended up in the, in the stands and was grabbed by uh, ostensibly a Spurs fan, grabbed on the arm and uh, mildly prevented from, you know, well, let's just say impeding his progress to get right back on the court. So it was just 13 seconds of craziness that we rarely see, and let alone uh, have the San Antonio Spurs of all teams being involved in and not capitalizing on it. So again, uh, a few things that many people said, they've, most people said they've never seen before. Another first was the Cleveland Cavaliers, raining down 25 three-pointers against Atlanta the other night, setting an all-time record for three-pointers in a game, not just postseason, but regular season. And, of course, since then, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of fallout where uh, they were going for the record at the end. At one point, they had like a 41-point lead, but they had a, certainly a comfortable lead at the end of the game. Double digits, to say the least. And then, uh, you know, still trying to get the record, so they're still putting up threes. And the Hawks, uh, you know, after the game, were saying it was, uh, quote, unprofessional and whatnot, uh, but that they weren't mad. Uh, I think they were mad. So we'll see how that translates into uh, game three down in Atlanta. Another thing is uh, Kyle Lowry. For the Toronto Raptors, shooting uh, the worst shooting percentage of all time in the NBA playoffs. He's an excellent player. So he is just in a massive slump. And in the middle of all this, what does he do but ties the game with a three-pointer from midcourt the other night, uh, which was just an amazing shot, Steph Curry-like. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, you thought this was going to be the breakthrough moment for them in game one. And then uh, they basically went scoreless for the first few minutes of overtime. And the Heat won that. But the Raptors, to their credit, bounced back last night. And uh, and won a tough, tough game. It was right there for the Heat, but they did not capitalize. So we'll see where it all goes. It's great stuff. And uh, we still have, let's not forget, the Warriors in Portland and Damian Lillard leading the Portland in game three at home. And uh, obviously they must win that game to have even a prayer of uh, hanging in there. And so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, it's just great stuff this time of year.
And my low light of the week is the Washington Capitals, who had, at points, a Warriors-like season, setting records, if you will, during the regular season for uh, just being uh, tremendous. Most of the season long, they won the President's Trophy for the best record. But here they are in the familiar brink again, uh, down 3-1, headed back to Washington. Uh, them and the Penguins are a couple of heavyweights uh, going at it. It's great to watch. we got the superstars with Sidney Crosby and Malkin, Evgeny Malkin for the Penguins. Of course, Alexander Ovechkin from the Caps. And Ovechkin just needs to really, uh, you know, have the game of his life. He, again, has not had a series reflective of his greatness and his regular season. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Of course, the story of the series has been the Penguins goalie, Matt Murray, uh, filling in for Marc-Andre Fleury in goal and just uh, having a tremendous, tremendous series. And he is literally the darling of the NHL playoffs. And, uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see what happens down in Washington over the weekend. And uh, all the other series are great as well. Uh, Lightning's Islanders uh, playing some great games, as well as the, uh, the Spurs and the Predators and the Blues and the Stars. It is just, uh, you know, tremendous this time of year where you basically every night have a minimum of two games, usually one, at least one hockey and one basketball, both playoff games, or and you can have up to four, if not five, on any given night. So it is just uh, nonstop every single night. It's going to continue over the weekend. So it's going to be wonderful to see. So <clears throat> let's take our break now. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good, John. I'm, I'm down here in South Alabama. Nice, fun day, a little slight little breeze. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's great to have spring upon us, and... Uh, you know, nothing like it. And, of course, spring brings college football recruiting season, among other things, uh, like spring games and whatnot. And there was uh, Texas A&M, who seems to find the news uh, more often than not. Certainly was back in the news. A uh, pretty dominant story the other day where uh, they had a couple of decommits after a Texas A&M coach uh, put out some tweets. Uh, apparently, as I see this, follow the story, you know, a kid decommitted. The coach put out a tweet. Uh, the kid, you know, the kid then, uh, you know, responded, not in a, you know, that he was unhappy with that, glad not to be playing there. The coach says he did not necessarily intend that tweet specifically for that commit, and then uh, soon thereafter, another Texas A&M commit decommitted. So they lost two players, and there's rumblings there could be more. So, uh, yeah, pretty crazy situation, and uh, again, Texas A&M seems to be involved in more than their fair share of these types of uh, situations over the past number of years, obviously, going back to Johnny Manziel, who was also in the news this week, as we know. Yeah, John, it was quite the, the week for the Aggies uh, with the assistant coach Aaron Moorhead. He had to end up apologizing for his, his uh, series of tweets. Um, you know, until someone signs on the dotted line, I mean, that's the finality of the situation. I mean, it's nice to make a verbal pledge, and it's nice that the coaches are recruiting you. But they're out recruiting talent just as good as you are for the same position. So all fair and love and, and war and, and net recruiting is, is a battle. So 
you know, you have to court the player all the way through, which is the nature of the business, and, and that's the way it stands. So for an assistant coach to gripe about a recruit, you know, decommitting or wavering or visiting other places when, when they uh, move at the drop of a hat, um, I think it's kind of in, the, in this hypocritical area. Yeah, well, we are, you know, we all love college football, especially you and I, and, uh, you know, but there do, do seem to be, you know, some recurring issues come up, this being one of them. I mean, let's, why don't we just break it down back to its most basic level. When recruit signs with a school to, quote, commit playing there, uh, it's not in any way binding, is that correct, generally speaking, or no? Well, uh, they, they, you really have to honor that that commitment job. If someone signs on the dotted line, it is it is a contract. But if the coach wants to come to you and say, "Well, look, we signed you, but we just recruited a player that's better than you, and you probably won't play that much," they'll play that card and, and force you to back away. I mean, I've seen that happen a number of times. Sure, certainly it has. But when a commit the high school kid, you know, decommits, just says he's not coming, which apparently this kid did at Texas A&M, you know, there's no legal issues or whatever. It's just, you know, it may not look great, but, you know, that's it. Everybody just needs to move on at that point. Is that correct? Correct, right. That's just a verbal pledge. And if you <clears throat> sign on the dotted line, it has no bearing. Okay. I mean, no one's ever brought it to court that I know of that saying, oh, well, some... Young high school kid made a verbal pledge and he backed off. I mean, no coach in their right mind would do that. Right, and I've certainly never heard of anything like that myself, but figured given the circumstance, I would just ask that, you know, really, really basic question to be sure. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, so if it's not one thing, it's another, it seems, lately with Texas A&M, which is just really surprising since, you know, a mere year or two ago, they were just the hottest thing going, you know, in the wake of Johnny Manziel winning the Heisman there. They were suddenly and seemingly getting all the big-time recruits, especially in the state of Texas. It was, you know, uh, they were the darlings of the high school football world, uh, recruiting-wise, and, uh, you know, landing all the big-name players from Texas over, of course, University of Texas, Baylor, uh, you know, on and on and on, a host of good schools out there, Houston. Um, so yeah, it just, uh, but yet in the last year or so, you know, it all started really in the wake of Johnny Menzel, where they had this quarterback, Kyle Allen, who, if I remember correctly, lit it up in the first game or two, uh, when he started after Manziel. And then all of a sudden he had issues, and then other issues just seemed to, you know, pop up like this one. Weird. Weird, so to speak. And here we go, and it's been ongoing now for a year or two. It's just strange when, you know, and Kevin Sumlin, again, just seemed to be running a really tight ship. But it sprung some leaks, it seems. Yeah, John, a lot of interference uh, from his his quarterback's family and got involved and ended up transferring. So, yeah, the whole, I mean, and that's a quarterback-centric school, John, as you know. So right. that that's like a, a double anchor when something like that happens with 
at, at that position. So I'm sure, you know, Kevin Selman, I mean, he, he's on the clock, <coughs> I think, really, at Texas A&M because you had one of the best players of all time. And I think he still had four losses one year and couldn't do very much to get it done in the Western Division. I mean, uh, granted, Alabama was pretty hot the last couple of years, but uh, two or three years, of course. But you needed to get something done on that side if you were ever going to have a chance to take command. And it didn't happen. Now now you're fighting for your life as a coach and, and at that position as well. Correct, correct. Well, there was a time when it seemed that, you know, Kevin Sumlin was being mentioned for every head coaching vacancy, but, you know, the belief was, you know, why would he leave? He, he's building, you know, he's building a, a gigantic program out there and uh, competing in the SEC West, Heisman Trophy winner, on and on and on, and again, you know, landing seemingly all the top recruits. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, you know, obviously not turning out that way, and... Uh, We'll see what happens, but, you know, speaking of Texas A&M, of course, uh, their former Heisman Trophy winner, Johnny Manziel, was back in the news. Uh, he turned himself in to L.A. police the other day, complete with mug shots and uh, a, bit, a bit of a scolding, if you will, by the judge. Uh, and, uh, you know, he let go, and it's all because he was indicted by a grand jury. Or actually, I said L.A. I think it was in Texas, Dallas. Sorry about that. I confused that with the fact that he's living in L.A. Apparently, so that was pretty strange. Uh, you know, he, I, I, if that's not rock bottom, I don't know what is. No, John. I mean, you've seen some of the photos on Twitter and broadcast around the country, and yeah, he's in a bad situation, Johnny Manziel. Not only with with that issue of being arrested, but personally, you know, he he needs to get help, you know, to recover from his addictions and, and issues. It certainly seems that way. He's just, uh, again, it's been, you know, uh, nonstop coverage and stories with him, uh, really, you know. Since he was playing at Texas A&M, and certainly, uh, you know, ever since then, and uh, yeah, it's it's gotten to the point of you know, uh, what's a day like without a Johnny Manziel story? It, it's just like a daily watch now. So it's it's uh, one of the weirder things, you know. I think we've seen, given you know his limited playing time in the NFL and whatnot, and uh, the fact that he is currently unemployed. He's not with any NFL team. The Cleveland Browns, of course, let him go a little while back. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's just, uh, again, the story that doesn't end. And, boy, it sure doesn't even seem close to ending at this point in time. No, and in a league, John, where they excuse many transgressions, especially <clears throat> for that position at putting quarterback, he's not getting a whiff from anyone. So, That'll tell you the seriousness of his problems. And, uh, but, you know, he's a strong-minded person. Most successful people have that, you know, tendency to be stubborn and, you know, pers persevere no matter what the situation. And I don't know how you're going to get him into rehab, but somebody's got to move him in that direction if he's going to uh, turn around his life. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it... 
ultimately needs to come from him. You know, it's just, uh, you know, if he's looking for a wake-up call, I would have thought this week would be the week where it might have come uh, when you actually, you know, land in court with mug shots. And uh, so it should be interesting to watch. uh, But, you know, we shall see. Another thing uh, in the college football world is, of course, uh, something we've been talking about the last few weeks, and that would be, of course, satellite camps. Uh, what are you hearing on satellite camps uh, in the past week? Yeah, John, that was a pretty hot topic. They had an SEC teleconference for all the coaches, and I think everyone was asked the question. So some are formulating their plans because they – had an inkling that maybe that would be rescinded, and uh, so the the the, um, the dates and the times and the schools are, have not been announced. But some of them have kind of leaked out. For instance, uh, Alabama is supposed to send some coaches to Sanford University right there in the Birmingham area. Um, I've heard that UFC is sending a coach or two at this time. They're leaning to sending a coach or two at this time to Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. Um, University of Michigan, they're going to be in Mobile, Alabama, at, South, at the University of South Alabama, and they're also going to be at a camp outside of Atlanta with the University of Georgia. So those are just some of the schools that I've heard about in the last few weeks. Yeah, well, what's interesting about that, I mean, the satellite camps are, of course, the brainchild of Jim Harbaugh. We've had a couple of the last few years, most notably down in Bradenton this past, uh, this past winter. And... Uh, but it sounds like, you know, suddenly there's a bit of a trend with these uh, schools partnering up to put them on together. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I mean, I think I heard uh, the coach of Arkansas, he said, he, he, I think 84 different schools contacted him or something. You know, maybe colleges and high schools. Because let's say you bring in a camper for the day, $50, $100, $300, you know, that could be $30,000 for a high school. So right. that's quite a bit of money to have have uh, people come to your camp for just having the head coach of, let's say, Arkansas appear and speak for 15 minutes. Wow. So that's the reasoning. I, I was trying to figure out why why the partnering. Why, you know, obviously the ones Harbaugh had, if I'm not mistaken, he did, you know, on his own. Certainly with IMG yeah. down there in Bradenton, Florida, he did. But So, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out What's uh, you know, what's the thinking behind partnering up? Yeah, the high school coaches like he had one around outside Montgomery, Alabama last year, Prattville, the powerhouse school, and I'm sure they quadrupled their enrollment in the camp by just having Jim Harbaugh and his staff attend and and contribute. So it's like high school. So in other words, Jim Harbaugh's heading south to hold a satellite camp. And is he, would he be holding it at the high school or would he be holding it nearby and then drop by a nearby high school? He, he might end up doing both. In other words, the one in Mobile is actually with the University of South Alabama. Okay. And so that will be, that will be uh, on the campus in Mobile. The one in Georgia is partnering with the University of Georgia at a high school outside of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Wow. Fascinating. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, it sounds like what you're saying is there's, we, we should expect to hear a lot more of these.
being announced in the coming weeks and months and into next year. Is that correct? Absolutely. You're going to see them multiply like mushrooms. <laughs> I love it. Well, on that note, <clears throat> it's time for our break uh, all of a sudden. Uh, but before, be sure to stick around for the next segment. We'll be talking more in the world of sports right after the break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is, excuse me, 188-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., as usual, we were talking some college football in the previous segment, and uh, it just reminded me that uh, when last we spoke, last Friday, we did a lot of talking about the draft. And, of course, there was a bunch of Alabama players, the team that you cover, still on the board. No surprise. They all went, obviously. So I'd just love to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, how it all turned out for the boys from Bama. Yes, I think some of the people were surprised that a few were not selected in the first round, but if you really analyze their skills, their skill set, they're, they're set up to uh, stop the run. You know, uh, Ashawn Robinson and Jaron Reed and Reg- Reggie Ragland, they are going to be quality players, I believe, for a long time in the NFL, but they're more geared to, to be good run stoppers. 
And, you know, in the coming years, I think somebody like Ashawn Robinson could be a better pass rusher. And uh, Jaron Lee, he's in the middle of the you know, nose guard position, so if he can get a better push. And then Reggie Ragland, he'll have to work on his skills uh, guarding running backs in, in the open space. But there'll be three good players that I'll take in the second round. Alvin had seven in the draft. And they ended up, I think, six or so signed as free agents. Uh, Cyrus Jones went to the Patriots up in, up in your part of the world. Oh, yeah. He'll be a good a slot cover man, can do some things in the return game. Uh, Jacob Coker uh, signed as a free agent with the Arizona Cardinals. That's a good spot for him. He's, he's going to get his, his opportunity. So, all in all, uh, everything went fairly well. I mean, Derrick Henry was taken, I think, what, the lowest um, person drafted as a running back, as a Heisman Trophy winner in a very long time. But, uh, you know, he went to a team that, you know, formerly had Eddie George years ago, big, tall, upright running back, powerful uh, person. Maybe maybe Eddie, I mean, uh, maybe Derrick can fit that mold. Tennessee Titans, correct? Correct. Yeah, and uh, I was surprised, uh, given that he is tall and whatnot, uh, and obviously pretty good. <laughs> the all-time leading high school rusher and the Heisman Trophy winner and a couple of national championships. I'd say he's uh, performed pretty well in his career. Uh, I was surprised, you know, he didn't go higher. I mean, I look at him and I don't know. I, I just think that with his height and everything else, all his other attributes, strength, speed, that he would be almost like the new look NFL running back going forward. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know what it is they're looking for these days, but uh, I would have thought he, he would be it. Yeah, I think that if Tennessee uses him wisely, north and south, as I've always said, that he'll be very productive. I mean, I can't think of anybody in the NFL now. I mean, it's not like the old days where they give the ball 35 times to someone and they just wear them out like an Earl Campbell, let's say. So, it's Eddie, I mean, if Derek can get, you know, in the 15 to 20-yard carries per game, I think we'll have a nice NFL running back. Yeah, I think so, too. You know, and it's interesting just going back to what you were saying earlier about, uh, you know, some of the Alabama players being run stoppers. Uh, you know, obviously the NFL is a passing league and it's all about the quarterbacks. But in the same light, you know, one of the basic tenets of football is you have to stop the run. And, you know, to have a team completely geared towards, you know, stopping the pass and really build a team and a defense that way seems to open up the possibility of literally being run over by a team that, you know, has some quality running backs and whatnot. So it's just this weird yin and yang going on with the NFL these days as to, uh, you know, what exactly is going to work best. Yeah, and I found it interesting that, Tennessee has the two Heisman Trophy winners, uh, Mariota and Henry. One Correct. at quarterback, one at running back. So maybe they'll complement each other and they'll help each other's career. Exactly. Well, the Titans, you know, they got they generate a lot of uh, positive uh, positive media attention for the draft that they had, and uh, you know, as did the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some people were saying they had the best of all the drafts. And, you know, it really is what makes the NFL great is uh, at any given moment, the so-called have-nots 
can suddenly, you know, and quickly uh, become a have, you know, be it through the drafts and free agency signings and, you know, let's face it, you know, what we're really talking about is both teams have been, you know, fairly irrelevant the last number of years. It's just not who you think of. You know, you're not, you, have, you haven't been seeing them on national TV games and, you know, they're, they're just not in the uppermost of people's thoughts when they think of NFL teams. But, you know, suddenly I look and I, you know, I see a Marcus Mariota or a uh, Derrick Henry or a Blake Bortles down in Jacksonville and, you know, suddenly you want to tune in to those games. And I truly think that that is the essence of what keeps the NFL ratings monster growing year in, year out. Yeah, it's always interesting, John, when these uh, bright college stars come to a town, they're looking for a savior or two, and the fans get a chance to watch them begin their career. And there's going to be some rough edges and rough times, but if you can stick with those uh, players, you know, you'll, you'll have a lot of fun watching your team and grow and that individual grow. Oh, no doubt about it. Um... Yeah, it's, uh, it is, you know, another player who's been getting a lot of attention is, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott from, uh, from Ohio State, of course, national championship a couple years ago where he performed brilliantly, uh, and, you know, of course showed up at the draft with the, uh, the midriff shirt on, which has been, uh, again, generating a lot of talk and, you know, yeah, I mean, Considering two years ago, we were looking at a situation where a running back hadn't been drafted in the first round in forever, and now suddenly, you know, the Rams take Todd Gurley, he's rookie of the year, tremendous start, and then uh, Ezekiel Elliott goes with the number four pick to America's team. So, suddenly, uh, running back is high profile again in the NFL. Yeah, I think it was a smart selection by Dallas. They have such a good line. I think we touched on that before. So, once Dallas made a good pick. Yeah, and Zeke Elliott, you know, he's been an interesting player. You know, he just sort of, uh, you know, had a quiet but good, solid career going on there. And suddenly he just broke out in the postseason two years ago against both Ohio, you know, both Ohio, Alabama and obviously against Oregon, the national championship game where he just was dominant. And, uh, you know, and then he had that uh, situation after the Michigan game uh, where, you know, he talked about leaving early and everything while still a college player. So, yeah, he's just, I always find it interesting when these guys just come from nowhere and whatever, uh, ignites their personality, and suddenly, you know, there he is. He's he's suddenly a big personality, uh, much bigger than he was a mere eighteen months ago. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott he does not shy away from speaking his mind as he did. I think it was at the Michigan State game. He didn't get enough. Michigan State, State right? He voiced his opinion. So I'm sure all the folks in Dallas and the Dallas media will. I love the ears, comments after every every game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's he's setting up to be a star, and really, the my whole point is, you know, I think if you go back to, you know, 
game eight or nine of the, you know, two years ago, eighth or ninth game of the season for Ohio State, there wouldn't have been a whole lot of people out there who were familiar with the name Ezekiel Elliott. I know I wasn't. And then he just, again, burst on the scene, and here he is now, a super high-profile player on the highest of high-profile teams, uh, going as a very, very high pick. So should be fun to watch, and uh, that's, again, the beauty of both college football and the draft. Uh, And we'll see how it all turns out, but I don't think it's going to be boring with him. No, no. And, and John, was there any particular player that, that was surprised you, uh, either the team that selected him or his place in the draft? Well, yeah, and I have a higher interest than usual, as you well know, growing up in Pennsylvania, but Christian Hackenberg going to the Jets. Uh, oh, I was yeah. Keen- okay, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I was keenly interested where he would go. Uh, I, I saw him in person against Maryland at Raven Stadium last October, attended the game, and, uh, you know, given his career, tremendous freshman year under Bill O'Brien, and uh, not-so-tremendous sophomore and junior year under James Franklin with, uh, you know, different offenses and, you know, truly a conundrum. Uh and then here come the Jets with, you know, three if not four quarterbacks. And by that I mean Geno Smith. They drafted Kyle Petty from Baylor last a year or two ago. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great year for the Jets last year, but can't seem to come to terms with them. And then they bring in Hackenberg, who again is maybe the biggest conundrum slash question mark. Uh, tremendous upside, potentially. Uh Serious downside possible as well. Uh, Bottom line, they've got three, if not four, quarterbacks on their roster. And, uh, you know, depending the Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick situation. But, you know, it just makes you wonder. I mean, have they lost faith in Kyle Petty and or Geno Smith? Yes, it really uh, lends you to believe that's the case because that's quite a bit of competition, and they're all uh, near the same in age. Uh, all those people, I mean, recently drafted. So, but I think getting back to the Penn State quarterback, I believe if he has the right coaching, he probably has a chance. If he doesn't, I think it can be a disaster. Correct. There you go. I think Chan Gailey is the offensive coordinator. He's had his moments as a quarterback whisperer. Uh, I think it's a potentially great fit. But, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know that there will be too many players. And, again, I know I'm, you know, biased, not, you know, given my growing up in PA. But, you know, I generally think overall there's, you know, not many players are going to get uh, watched more than him by football fans because there's just a certain curiosity about him. I think it's because, you know, he had the great freshman year followed by the, uh, you know, not-so-great sophomore and junior year. So everybody's wondering, you know, what is this kid all about? Yeah, you're thinking, John, if you like a hot-shot hot pitcher who runs the rotation the first couple months of the season and then the, the latter half, teams are knocking the ball all over the park. Exactly. There's a, that's a good way of saying it. Well, AP, good job. 
Great talking to you about all this stuff. We still have a little bit more to get to on the other side of this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, my pick of the week for the appointment viewing is tomorrow's Kentucky Derby. Uh, Say what you will, it's still the most exciting two minutes in sports. Uh, And uh, in the wake of last year's Triple Crown winner, the first in 30 or so years, uh, I'm particularly anxious just to see... Uh, where does the sport of horse racing go from here? You know, when last seen, American Pharaoh was winning the Triple Crown uh, last June at, at Belmont. And here we are again with the start of another Triple Crown season. And uh, But now the Triple Crown, uh, you know, fascination is over. So just curious to see where it all goes. And it starts tomorrow. As usual, early evening with the uh, Kentucky Derby. But AP, you know, in the, are you? Let me ask you first. Uh, are you a Kentucky Derby and/or horse racing fan of it all? Oh yeah, I, I like the I like the Derby, John. It's one of the things that I have to attend. It's on the bucket list, and I've been yep. to a few Belmonts and been to Saratoga and been to the, the horse track race in Lexington, but I haven't been to Churchill Downs. Same with me, practically uh, word for word. I covered the Belmont a couple <laughs> years ago when California Chrome was going for the Triple Crown. Uh, didn't win it, so ultimately I ended up going a year too early. 
Uh, I've also been to Saratoga on a few occasions. Uh, the, it's spectacular. There's really no place like it on the planet. It's truly that unique. Uh, start with the fact it's America's oldest sporting venue. So every day is like a carnival for six weeks straight. And as I always like to say, there's a reason that's where Bar- Bill Parcells lives because he likes Saratoga so much, and uh, especially during <laughs> racing season. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm again. It's uh, kind of a new era, if you will, with horse racing now that the Triple Crown uh, thing is is over for the time being, and uh, the quest, if you will, uh, for so many years to finally get another Triple Crown winner. It ended last year with American Pharaoh. So now it's, uh, you know, again, feels like the beginning of a new era. And, uh, you know, there, there's issues in the world of horse racing. Uh, and I'm just curious to see see where it goes from there and the interest that the sport now has. To, and, again, we're going to start to get some answers tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Yeah, the younger generation now, they've, they've got that triple crown in, in their sights. So they're going to think every year that someone's going to win that. The triple crown. Exactly, exactly. Well, again, last couple of years was quite the quest, you know, with California Chrome, uh, and then American Pharaoh. You know, two years in a row, and the stakes were just really, really high, and the interest level, and as I said, the quest uh, to get it done, and it got done. So it's going to be fun to watch, and. Uh, AP, you know, we've been talking a lot of college football, as always. Uh, we're talking some quarterbacks. Christian Hackenberg at the end of the last segment being drafted by the Jets. But sounds like you have some Alabama quarterback news. Yeah, John. I mean, Nick Saban is renowned for scouring the countryside for players. Well, he went off the continent uh, to Hawaii and picked up a commitment from uh, Tui Tagovailoa. Uh, 6'1", 215-pound left-handed quarterback, same high school as Marcus Mariota out there in Hawaii. So Nick Saban, he's setting another benchmark. He's able to go out to Hawaii and get the top player that was being heavily recruited by USC and a few other schools on the West Coast and, and nab this, you know, this outstanding quarterback, uh, you know, get him to come all the way to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I was trying to think myself last time they had a scholarship player from Hawaii and I believe it was the kicker on Coach Bryant's last team, Peter Kim, who was a freshman at University of Hawaii, and he, he's a Korean, uh, you know, uh, background, but he was raised in Hawaii, but he came to Alabama, and he was the kicker on Coach Bryant's last team. But that's the last scholarship player I can think of from the state of Hawaii. Wow. Uh, that's amazing, really. Uh, that's a great story. And uh, Alabama's reach... Uh, again, as you so, so aptly put it, extends beyond the continent, literally uh, 5,000 miles away in Hawaii. So, yeah, I'd say with Marcus Mariota and winning the Heisman and just the success and high-profile career he had at Oregon and now a great rookie year in Tennessee that, you know, uh, he, he's uh, creating visibility for the Hawaii quarterback position, it appears. Yeah, and once you recruit a player from Hawaii, John, I mean, you have the the fans in that area. They'll be rooting for you. They'll, they'll be Alabama fans for forever now, especially if he's successful in Tuscaloosa. Uh, he made his announcement. It was uh, 11 o'clock p. 
him sexual time in Alabama. It was live on TV. Uh, Rob DeMello, sportscaster friend of mine, he, he, he was able to have Tui come to the studio and he had the, the background all lit up with Alabama when he made the selection, put on the hat. So all the Alabama people, they were up late on Monday night making sure that it was Alabama that he selected. Oh, that's a great story. Wow. So 11 p.m. Alabama time, so it would have been uh, what? Six o'clock. Six o'clock in Hawaii. Six o'clock in Hawaii. Wow. That's a great yeah. story. Um, well, you know, now would be a good moment to just ask before we close. Uh, what are the prospects for Alabama? I mean, they just won another national championship. You and I were both there as they beat Clemson a mere couple months ago. Uh, so the Jacob Coker has obviously moved on, as has Derrick Henry and many others that we talked about, drafted and whatnot. Um What's the, what's the outlook for Alabama football this year? Yeah, John, they have uh, a strong contingent of players on the offensive line, but as you know, that's a unit that needs to be in harmony. And the defensive backs, they're very good, but that's the last line of defense, so they have to have some uh, harmony as well because if you make a mistake, uh, it's a touchdown for the other team. So I think those two units, they'll have to work on their uh, getting together and being on the same page. The only thing really is the, the big question mark at Alabama, who's going to lead that team at the quarterback position? Uh, sometimes Nick Saban, what he does, he has an audition the first couple of games, but they're playing University of Southern California open up the season. Are you going to be able to have that same type of situation where you're, you're putting, playing two quarterbacks in that game against a very good opponent on the road? You know, and starting, you know, some of them, someone could be playing for the very first time. You know, Blake Barnett from California, redshirt freshman. Uh, David Cornwell uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, Cooper Bateman returns. He, he swapped out a few times with Jacob Coker, but Jacob overtook him in the end and led the team to the national championship. So, really, the question mark is what, who will be the quarterback at the University of Alabama because they're, they're loaded at every position. They have professional type players at every position. Uh, fantastic tight end, the best one they've had, and I can't think in how long. O.J. Howard, he, he, sh- he showed out in that Clemson game over 200 yards. That's, that's a record for Alabama, tight end with 200 yards in receiving. So uh, the running back, though, uh, Bo Scarborough, big 230-pound runner. I saw him go down the sideline for 96 yards in, this, in a scrimmage game. So, And the receiving core is the best they've had since Nick Saban's been there at Alabama. Well, sure to be another exciting. You know that they're going to be in the mix. They always are. They've become that team, and good for them. And AP, good for you. Once again, great job today, and thank you so much for calling in and adding your expertise. Well, thank you, John. It's always my pleasure. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.